Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. In the wake of Phil Collins releasing his first solo album, Genesis takes a decidedly more pop approach to their music. As we discuss their 1981 album, Abacab. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Your weekly excursion into the minds of two people that have nothing else to think about but music and <laughs> movies. That is and the correct. same music and movies that we always just talk about. But we're trying. We're yeah. trying new stuff. Yeah, well, we're trying. But uh, hey, you know, what, give what's it the good old college good try. Yeah, right. <laughs> but when we ever when we get too nervous, we go back to our comfort zone of 1981. That, yes, we do. <laughs> and what a what a what a year it was. What a year you know? it was. So we're no, we're that, heading back there. But if you're no. new to our show, well, thank you so much for joining us. It, it's great to have you. We we really do appreciate any new listeners that stop by, even if you drop in for 10 or 15 minutes. That's okay. Just be quiet on your way out. Just don't make any noise and it'll be fine. It'll be mm -hmm. all right. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you we'll give you a hall pass. Go to the bathroom. Come on back. Just don't make any noise when you open the door again as well. And you can find yes. us on social media, 3324 podcast on Instagram and Facebook. But more as, as important, I almost said more importantly, but it's not. It's as important. Mm -hmm. Go find us on, on YouTube. We've got a great channel. We upload the video versions of these episodes as well. Uh, you could check that out too. Give give those videos a like and a subscribe to our channel, and also throw a comment in in there too. We we answer, we reply to the comments too. Yeah. So, um, that's the that's the advertisements. We don't have any sponsors, so we we have we have to we're our own sponsor. Yeah, Dean has to do the showing. So there's your program. ad. No more no more ads until we get to the no very more. end. <laughs> then we do it all reminder. over again. <laughs> you know, unless we stop in the middle and say, "Hey, by the way, that, well, yeah, yeah. But we're not going to do that." When we, get, when, we get real, when we get a real sponsor, we'll we'll be popping them. Yeah, most assuredly, them. people will probably be getting up to go to the bathroom then. Damn. Okay, yeah, they're going to go through this. Well, again. in this <laughs> day and age, you, you, you know what? In this day and age, you take that phone with you and you continue to listen. <laughs> right? If you're, Imagine that. It won't get flagged as in, a, as in Seinfeld. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. Right? I, let's yeah. be honest. If, you're, if you've got your, your cell phone, it goes everywhere with you. Yep. Right. I've been, I've been in public restrooms and you hear Full disclosure. Yeah. You hear yeah, people absolutely. talking on the phone. You hear people watching, you know, Netflix right. in the stall. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. It's, it's, it's the way it, it, it's only replicating what we do at home. 
Right. It's not, it's no different. So let's, right. you know, <laughs> it's true. Come on. We're talking, we're in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how, you, how far we've fallen. <laughs> we're talking and, and how quickly, and how quickly <laughs> we got there. It's not only, it's not only the, 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 the length we've fallen, but how fast we achieved that. Right. <laughs> We're just breaking all matters of time and space and right. in, our, in our descent. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's put the brakes on it a little bit. Let's re reconvene and readjourn. We came yeah. here to talk about it. A great album, one of our favorites. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, this one goes way back um, to our early days of of getting into music. So let's roll the stats out on yeah. Abacab. Mm-hmm. Released in September of 1981, this was actually the second album of the 80s for Genesis. Uh, they'd put out Duke the year before, 1980, like March of yeah, 1980. Right. Uh, this was produced by Genesis with some help of Upagem Engineering. Of, uh, you know, officially he was the engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, it hit number seven on the Billboard charts. This was their first album, Genesis's first album to crack the top 10 on the yeah. Billboard. So that was a big accomplishment for them. Uh, it went two times platinum, which was two million copies. Nicely done, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Four singles released, Abacab. Title track hit number 26. No Reply at All hit number 29. Keep It Dark was a UK release uh, single, so it didn't really chart here. Um, oddly enough, Man on the Corner. Yeah. Number 40. I thought it was, you know, I thought that would have been like the the biggest of of the three, but apparently the title track, Abacab, was, which mm-hmm. I, I, I've got no problem with that. I love the title track. Uh, and then 2010 Hall of Fame inductees into the rock and roll hall of fame do you know uh they they definitely had it coming and everybody no. uh gabriel wasn't there not because they were fighting right so this is not a chicago <laughs> no whatever blondie van halen all those other ones gabriel wasn't there but it's because he couldn't make it he was scheduling mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. so that was yeah. you know everything was okay everything's okay in genesis land they're, in genesis they're, land. they're okay right yep in the forest Yes, with the elves and the, <laughs> the woodland creatures and what Slip, the slipper man, <laughs> the slipper man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's 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 talk about this. Um, like we said, this goes way back, although I don't recall. He, I, and I don't know if you did either. Did you hear it upon its release or was this something? No, you know, no, we were I, still kind of you were still kind of dipping your toe into the prog thing. You were, I think you were bigger into the who at this point. Yes. In 81. Um, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear Abacab till 82 actually. And I think it wasn't long before, uh, three sides live came out. Mm-hmm. So I, it was like a, like a twofer for me. You know, yeah. I got to hear the studio, you know, Abacab and then the, you know, that tour that they released with the extra tracks on the fourth, side which was a studio side in the well it was released in the u.s yeah three tracks that didn't make the album Abacab were were put on there with two other tracks from duke um the uk version for some reason has another live side so yeah, I don't, four, I don't four sides live <laughs> i don't get that's that because, that's because they released the, the the songs that didn't make it on Abacab. yeah in the uk were released as an ep called three by three that's right and i had that. Re- which did really well that was kind of like a you know as a matter um, of fact, I'll, I bought that first. Yeah, because they, they used got, to play Paper Late. Yeah, and you might recall on the radio, like on NEW, you, you I heard it like every day, and I was expecting it to be on Abacab, and I was disappointed that it wasn't. That neither song were was on yeah. it. I was just like, oh man, you know, like you know, I got. But the <laughs> album itself was great, and I loved it. I fell in love with it on the spot. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, so. and that was the, you know, that was the, the point in our, in our relationship, we'll call it that our friendship, mm-hmm. right. Where we were both, we, we were both exposing each other to different things. Yeah. You know, we didn't necessarily grow up liking the same things. We, got into like we kind of introduced things to each other and then got in you know kind of yeah it was kind of yeah. kind of vo- like tennis kind of volleying the, these things back and forth and see what stuck never got too much into the who but but got into genesis and really mm-hmm. enjoyed that and phil collins you know and then i lobbed over you know i'd lob over elo or lob over something yeah. else mm-hmm. you know and then we would kind of meet in the middle with those things and, and kind of find the common ground yeah um which was the great thing you know i was, I was thinking about it a lot especially in listening to this album of you know where did I come in? And it was probably, yeah, probably, you know, after you, obviously, because you were the one that kind of introduced it. Yeah. Um, so I would say maybe early 83, somewhere around there. So it had already kind of, uh, I, it had to have been before their, okay. Their follow-up album was called Genesis, (laughs) right? It's just self-titled. So it's going to be confusing. So it was definitely before (laughs) the, before their, their, their next album came out. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Part of this conversation has to be the Phil Collins solo releases were in between each one. And I definitely got hello, you know, hello, I must be going came out after this. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got that when it came out. So I can I can absolutely pinpoint mm-hmm. that at, at that point I was already kind of into it, uh, you know, and 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 get it and listening to that. Cause I remember buying the cassette of Hello I Must Be Going and be like, wow, okay. I really dig this. So, so yeah, there's some murky, maybe some murky chronology in there. I'd have to go back and look and see when, when yeah. I must be going came out. Cause that's really the time when I was like, oh, okay, 82. there's new stuff coming out. Yeah. It was 82. It was 82. Yeah. So then, yeah, it's gotta be 82 then. All right. Yeah. It was like, like yeah, like I said, 82 was the year that we, uh, well, I got, you know, not only this, but also the Peter Gabriel, uh, his <laughs> third one? album. Okay. Melt, the Melt album, <laughs> because you, because Phil played on that. I found out, and that's where the the you know the the you know that fantastic drum sound came from. It was born on that record, mm-hmm. and that came out in 1980, the same year as Duke came out. So the you know between those three years of of, of all these releases, I, I kind of got them all at the same time. Yeah, you had a treasure trove of exactly. I was you of know, the the main group in. Genesis, yeah. and then the two lead singers, the right. former lead singer and the current lead singer, also putting out stuff. So it was a great right. time for yeah. someone to. Uh, to be alive, meaning like just finding <laughs> that, just getting into that group, then all of a sudden you've got all this new stuff yeah. that you could, yeah. you could sink your teeth into. And all of it is, is, and all of it is different. It is. And that's the, that's the, also the, the beauty of this is the it's Gabriel stuff was not yeah. like what Genesis was doing at the time. Right. And the Phil Collins solo album was also decidedly not what Genesis was doing at the time, even though he was a part of Genesis, there was still that, there was still that split line where they were able to manage that, you know, because yeah. they were still co they were co-writing uh, the Genesis stuff would be co-written to keep it on an even keel and to keep the, the ideas flowing. It wasn't just, Oh, Phil Collins comes mm-hmm. in, does a solo. And then he, he writes everything for, for Genesis. It wasn't like that. It was, no. it was collaborative uh, on the Genesis front. And it, it, it most certainly was not. And, and um, one thing I will point out, if you listen to Abacab, you would immediately assume that that's the case because the, the, the album is drum heavy. It, that's really, they based all the songwriting around the drums. And, Tony, and it was Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford who were like, they, that's, they're, they're, it wasn't Phil. It was they're the ones that said, we want those drums in, right out in front. And um, so, yeah, I could see somebody saying, oh, that's a Phil Collins record. 
you know, because it's just so prominent and his yeah. his vocal I, and, you know, he's like. He still uh, wasn't Phil Collins yet, though, either. I mean, no, he wasn't. Value came out and it was a modest success. At, at best, it was a modest. He surprised everybody now, with like, it. Yeah. yeah but we it look was, back at it now as a classic. It's like, oh, my God. Right. Face value. Like, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Back then, it kind of in the air tonight. Was it was it FM rock radio hit? Mm-hmm. Wasn't a, this big, big thing. So he can return to Genesis um, and, and they can reconvene. And, and there was still that safety zone of, oh, I did a solo album. Let me fall back into my group. And that's really what the dynamic was yeah. then. Yeah. Because he hadn't become Phil Collins. And they had, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned the drums, right? Because in, in they were all like Tony Banks was getting into using drum machines to kind of work stuff up and sequencing right. and kind of kind of working that stuff. And then you know, getting those ideas down and then go ahead and because they bought their own studio. So now they were able to record, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if something wasn't working, um, you know, they can they didn't have to throw it away necessarily because they, they were using studio time. They could work ideas out. If it didn't work, they would eventually ditch it. But, yeah, you know, when you're on booked on studio time, you kind of have to work quickly. And, you know, if this isn't working, you got to chuck it, you know, because you got to move on to the next thing. You don't have time right. now with their own studio. They had a playground to flesh out ideas and try different things. And, yeah, and, and they, could, they could work up the day and then say, you know, call it a day and say, okay, well, you know, we got tomorrow and, you know, whatever, we'll just come back to it. You know, uh, it's funny, you know, when you mentioned drum machines too, it's like you, you would think that a drum machine would be used in like a demo or something, you know, to the, but they used it to great effect. I mean, they actually used it in the finished songs. Like, you know, like, of course, you know, in the air tonight and uh, man on the corner and, you know, there's, uh, but uh, it's, it's, and it wasn't just, again, wasn't just Phil, uh, but they all loved it. They all, you know, and Mike Rutherford would actually use it. Uh, he's the one that came up with that great sound in in the next album with Mama. You know, that mm-hmm. was Mike. That wasn't Phil. Again, it wasn't Phil. That was Mike Rutherford would coming up with that, you know, that that, you know, that weird, whatever that droning, it was, that droning thing. Beat that that just relentlessness through, yeah. of, of the of, of the drum machine is what is what they loved about it. And, and it kept it. And they were and they were doing things like looping, too, which was like. They had I haven't really done before. You know, everything was much more epic and and layered and you know and, and put out there. So they decided to scale back the sound, um, strip away all those layers, and then you had this really simplistic stuff going on. And it was just, but 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 to me, just as uh, just as inventive. You know, it was it was odd. It was just some odd pieces, and uh, I, I yeah yeah I loved and, it from and the start they had yeah. started that process with Duke. I mean, Duke had kind of yeah. earned Genesis a lot of goodwill in surviving you know the exit the exit of Peter Gabriel, then the exit of Steve Hackett, who was a longtime member of the you know guitarist yeah, guitar player yep it's kind of like, okay, how many more people are going to leave this band so they were <laughs> yeah. you know, at this point that you know it was kind of like, okay, are they just gonna wither away like wind and weathering away <laughs> genesis <laughs> Genesis joke number one. Um, uh, yeah. they weren't sure, you know, critics, all right, what's going on with this band? So when they, when, when they reconvened for Duke in 1980, that, you know, they had started thinking about, and, the, and it came to full bloom in Abacab with consciously making songs that didn't sound like old Genesis, like that. They went into the studio right. saying, if, if we start working on it, something, and it's got tambourines in the chorus, or it starts <laughs> yeah. to sound like something from Genesis, we're, we're chucking it. Right. You know, so this was a it wasn't like, oh, we're going to try and be country or we're going to try and do this. It's just like they just said, we're going to do whatever it's going to be. But as soon as it starts to sound like something we used to do, we're going to stop, mm-hmm. which is a very interesting challenge for a band because it, you're you're kind of you're not throwing away your legacy, but you're saying we want to do something different from it. And we're conscious of that. We're conscious. Yeah, we, we're going to consciously 
if something gets too overblown or bloated, we're going to stop and figure out a way, either throw it away or figure out a way to reconfigure it. And you get the same thing that rush, you know, I, I, I think I can't stop thinking about moving pictures. You yeah. know, th- their aesthetic was the same thing as we want to shorten this stuff. We want it to be punchy. Mm-hmm. We want it to be tight. And Abacab. Exactly. Yeah. And it was. Well, it pulls it, re- it out of the water. It was a response to. Um, to punk, too. It was sort of like the new wave thing was coming. They knew the they knew the landscape. They knew the soundscape. You know, they knew what they had to do, and they did it. So that's like okay. So they invented this stuff from the ground up. It was just it wasn't like I, old ideas that that were just hanging around. And they came in this this entire album was just invented on the spot, pretty much. They just you know, and you know it it, it didn't sit well with I, obviously a lot of the 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 purest you know the pure gabriel fans and stuff i was i had the advantage though it was for me to get into this album first and then i could go back into their catalog so i i really enjoy both uh you know sides of of genesis and you know the the progression of each album is just a little bit more different and getting there into into more pop territory um Unlike other prog bands, which I had gotten into already, like Pink Floyd, I knew, you know, their stuff. And of course, their stuff was better in the 70s. Yes, was the <laughs> same thing. 90125, they tried to do that. It's it's a it's a great album. But everything after that is kind of, you know, not so much. But uh, but here it was like, yeah, uh, right on the right out the gate. I love this. Yeah. But let's see what you got, you know, in the in the past. And of course, I, I was just like, yeah, this stuff is great, too, man. It's just, you know, I'll be very different. Right. The and you know, guy in me was was loving it. And I was just loving the fact that this was the same band, you know, that just so, you know, that was amazing. able to. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it, it literally was one thing with Gabriel. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when he left, they kind of do we continue with that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is that what Genesis is going to be or is Genesis going to going to strike out and forge a new identity, as it were? not totally foregoing all that stuff, but changing it and, and, and yeah. adapting to it. And yeah, and, and you're totally right. You kind of get the best of both worlds and both of them are good. Yeah. Or great. Either way. And they cultivated a whole new audience too, as a result. You know, you had a lot of people who were just into the pop stuff. They don't know Gabriel. Like, what is that? Like, you know, <laughs> they play in their shows, they play these long extended like medleys of the old material and people are just like, Huh? <laughs> I don't know what I'm hearing here, right here. It's just, you know, yeah, <laughs> I remember we, you know, we went to the yeah. uh, that that concert and um, Square I had already been acclimated to it, so I knew what to expect. And <laughs> right. but I I had gone with a few other people too, like the following night, yeah. and they were just dumbfounded. I'm like, they were like, I don't know what this is, like you know, because <laughs> they, they were expecting. They were still just, early. Yeah, that was their. Yeah. That was the, their. We saw them on their self titled the Genesis tour, so they were still kind of right mining a lot of that older material, you know, to supplement that mm-hmm. kind of stuff too. And, and we're, weren't afraid to go back into the catalog right? And, and bring out some of that stuff that is, is well, is, is probably better performed live than listened to, you know, where you I, kind of, I totally agree with that. It's kind of free yeah. form, you know, that kind of stuff. No That's doubt. where Prague is. It's, it's made to kind of be performed live. Yeah. Then you can riff off of things. It's, it's, you know, it's got a lot in common with jazz because it's, it's kind of that free mm-hmm. form, let, let's take see where it goes and, and well they it. were brilliantly able to take bits and pieces of like these long like songs and just stitch them together to make a medley but you wouldn't you would never know that this was you know you would swear that this is the same piece like it's a it's a piece you know one long piece of music but it's like bits and pieces from all different songs like the in the cage medley is 
I, I, to this day, I mean, that, that version on three sides live, I, oh God, I love it. I love it. You know, you get <laughs> Daryl Sturmer and Chester Thompson. I mean, Daryl Sturmer is a, is a formidable guitar player in his own right. Jazz fusion based. I mean, he's really going at it and some of that old stuff and he knows exactly what to do and how to tackle it. And it's yeah, just so, so, so tremendous. Genesis would supplement their band on, on you know, on tour with Daryl Sturmer on guitar. Yeah. Who was primarily known as a jazz guitarist, uh, which mm-hmm. is great because he brings the right chops and right sensibility. And then Chester Thompson on drums when Phil, sometimes they would play together. They'd play songs simultaneously. Oh goodness. Uh, and yeah. then when Phil would come out front, you know, Chester Thompson would, would take over the, the skins for that. And, and both of these gentlemen would also be part of Phil Collins uh, touring band as well mm-hmm. so uh he was working you know with people that he felt familiar with so let's get into let's get into abacab yeah let's um, do it. this album i mean this song abacab the title song just starts like this album <laughs> yeah. this album just starts you know and i really that's what when, when i hadn't listened to it in so long and abacab just and the song literally just starts it's like there's nothing and then this song is just off and running and it really kind of kind of gets you psyched it really sets the table Mm-hmm. uh for the, for this for what you're going to get in this album and uh probably it's probably 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 my favorite song off the album okay. if not one of the top one of the top three i just really love it it's just got everything it's got you know the great thing about phil collins on this album is he was still doing different things with his vocals yeah he was still expect you know that prog thing with experimenting and almost becoming different characters yeah, yeah. with with your voice he was st- he was doing it on this album so you're, mm-hmm. so you're going to get um you're going to get some different looks throughout the album but his vocal on Abacab, i just i just really like it you are getting a song and then you're getting a prog ending so you kind of get the best of both worlds they don't put it <laughs> yeah. in the middle you kind of get Abacab the song and then you've got this instrumental section at the end where they right. kind of they kind of go with it and it kind of fades out. So I kind of, you don't really hear stuff like that too often. Even back then, it would usually, that would be in the middle. There'd be this big middle thing where they'd go off and then they'd come back and pick you up. You With Abacab, you get the song and then you get the bonus at the end. And the song means nothing. It, the, the, the lyrics mean absolutely nothing. When we talk about getting into music for, this is probably one of the prime examples of, of, of that uh, being so young that we were. Uh, the music is really what drives it. The, those drums, the, you know, the punchiness of it. Um, and it, it, lyrically it, there, there's just, it's like, to me, if it's like a whole album worth of, like worth of like yellow submarine, it's like, <laughs> it's like every song is, has that kind of feel to me. Well, they like, get very proggy. The lyrics get very proggy. As these we go these on. songs, yeah, they mean yeah. nothing, you know, yeah. like, except for maybe a couple like Phil, you know, he wrote man on the corner, which is of course, you know, you know what that's about, but it's like, but, yeah, I, I love the nonsensical, sensical uh, feel of the album, and just the idea that it just this is a band just doing their thing, and there's no, nothing controversial about them. There's no, mm-hmm. there's they're not, there's no politics. There's no, they're, it's not important. It's, they're just having fun. They're just doing their thing, and and that's what I love about it. It was all about the sound of this record for me, you know, and just the way and way they approached it. And like you say, with Phil's vocals, probably the strongest, I, I in my opinion his strongest vocal album of all the albums that they've ever done I, yeah I, you know yeah, yeah I, it's like his, his the, the, he had a strength like growl, to yeah he gets he gets a growl yeah. in there he gets yeah. some weird yeah. different vocalizations you know mama when he when they did mama on their next album that was more almost mm-hmm. campy 
you know, um, it, it's smoother. His you know, voice and, would, and they, you know. and they were, they definitely were leaning more towards pop. So this is like the, you know, Abacab was the perfect placement for Genesis. Yeah. Um, let's just talk about the title, uh, you know, the, uh, this, the, the word Abacab and the title Abacab basically is a, re- a reference to when they were writing the song, they had mm-hmm. different sections. So they'd have section a section B and section mm-hmm. C. And as they were arranging these little sections in the beginning, when they wrote it out, like section A, B, B, it, it was A, B, A, C, A, B, Abacab. Mm-hmm. Now that ended up changing later on. It was more like A, B, B, A, C, C, you know, it kind of yeah. got a little more complex, but Abacab <laughs> was the original, like when they were writing out the sections for this song that had no title, mm-hmm. um, that's what, so they called it Abacab and, and they called the album Abacab. It doesn't mean anything. Like, it like does Eric not. said, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a red herring. It's like, what is Abacab? It's, it's not anything. It means nothing. It's, it's the like the studio. Of the, yeah. It's, it's the sequence of the, <laughs> would, of the sections do, of the song. It just happened yeah. to, yeah. happened to form a word and it became a word. So right. um, that kind of should tell you right there. It, it wasn't, I guess it was done tongue in cheek, you know, because yeah, they're, they're not taking themselves so well, so, I think know, the key word always take themselves so seriously, you know. Yeah, like, I, but I think like the key word here, I think I think Tony Banks said it best. I, um, and he said that the album is like it's it it serves as a more of an abstract feel. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's simple, but deceptively simple. You know what I mean? Like it it has those hooks, but it you know you just need to look. You know you know where to look for them, but it's like it, uh, you know, but it's just much more. Um. You know, it's like looking at a simple painting, but yet you're trying to find a, a, a deeper meaning into it. And there's no, and, you know, there, there. Might be something there, but it's not there, you know, like, but it's, at, at least not by the artist, right? right you may exactly. find something deeper, but it wasn't, exactly. it wasn't put yeah. there by them. You <laughs> yeah. know, and, and, and you get, oh my God, I forgot. And, and I think we, you know, Eric, before, before we did this episode, Eric, Eric was talking about the remaster, the, the, the 2007 remaster, yeah, uh, which you can find on Spotify. I think that's the only version they have right now. And Eric was like, you know, do me a favor, listen to the 2000, because I said I was going to listen to it on, on vinyl because I have the vinyl. Mm-hmm. I have an original vinyl. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to listen to the vinyl. And Eric's like, well, listen to the, listen to the remaster and and let me know if if it sounds like the guitars are more forward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anything like that. And I said, well, was it remixed or remastered? And he said it was remastered. I'm like, well, usually if they, if they really toyed with it, it would be like a, re- it would have to be a remix. Um, So I went and listened to both. But what I really got out of the the one on Spotify, the remaster, is the monster fucking bass playing by Mike Rutherford on No yes. Reply at All. Thank Holy, you. Holy, I mean, it's always been there. Thank but you. But when I was yeah. listening to it uh, again, I'm like, Jesus Christ, how did this guy not? Why wasn't he playing more bass like yeah. this? Because you would think he, that this was the. Uh, and I, I I wanted to look at the credits again. I'm like, I got to make sure they didn't get a funk bass player. No. Like to come in, like Alfonso Johnson yeah. or somebody, like to come in and play this, yeah, because it sounds like something that would the bass playing sounds like something that would have been on face value because it, it was more funky, right? And that's what Phil Collins was going for. And that the fact that Mike Rutherford could replicate that and those bass lines, oh my god, yeah. Yeah. no reply at all. Wow, kill killer track now, whole new respect after really, you know, like I said, the bass was always there, but in the in that remaster, mm-hmm. um. You you really feel it. And you really hear him go to town on that thing. Yeah, a very underrated player. Yeah, uh, you know I know he's known for using like bass pedals on stage, like that heavy like boom, boom. You like you'll for effect. You know for like the old stuff, it's like that real pompous like cathedral like stuff. You know, but here, yeah, the funkiness of it. You, you yeah, he's he's wow. great. He's great. I, th- I would I would argue that he's probably a better bass player than he is than a guitarist, a guitar player. I think he yeah. you know uses guitar. I think more for patches or just uh-huh. sort of 
layering like little you know sketching out things yeah like you know, licks but, and because steve hackett was primarily the lead yeah guitar player at the time but uh but however i you know I, you know, I you know I say that now, but but then I'm thinking of then there were and then there were three with their first. There was their first album, which was just a trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would urge you to listen to that album, at, f- just for the guitar work on that and the bass on on, on that album. It's, mm-hmm. it's it, okay. he does a real some fine guitar work yeah, on there. Very as well. underrated. It's it's yeah. It's so. very easy for for Mike Rutherford and Tony Banks. Mike Rutherford is on guitar and bass, as we've just described, and Tony Banks does mm-hmm. all the keyboard work. Uh, very easy for and and these guys are very low key, nondescript people as well. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. very easy for Phil Collins to take up all the oxygen in the band, yeah. Um, because these guys are just really low. You know, it's like the Doors, right? It was like okay, you know, Ray Manzarek and Robbie Cree. You know, those guys were so low key that Jim, you know, Jim Morrison was such a force. It's the same t- same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no reply at all would also mark the presence of the Phoenix Horns. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so so there's we start to see the. We start to see the magnetism of Phil Collins' solo work start to kind of f- pull in, yeah, uh, a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was what was needed, and and uh, you know, well, he, um, yeah, he said he was he was going for that's what it, exactly he was. The song is a funky groove to it to begin with. Why not? Why can't we use? And and, and he, this is a direct quote. He's like, why can't we fucking use Phoenix, you know, horns on our on our on our stuff? There's no reason why we can't. It's, but it's it, it is the first time that there were outside musicians playing, I think, since the early days, like the first record mm-hmm. or something. They had like strings, you know, um, but they very done judiciously. Since. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. He would become known for for really overusing it in his solo career. Like that would become, you know, the, right. those yeah. Motown roots and, and the soul music influences would really come to bear on his solo work. Um, and, and he became known for that. And I guess Maurice White famously from, from earth, wind and fire kind of, you know, not, not too happy that Phil Collins kind of st- took the Phoenix horns from, they were, <laughs> they were part of earth, wind and fire. That's what, you know, that was the horn section. Well, uh, to be kinda, fair, nobody responded with them. Yeah. But nobody liked it either. So there, I, I think there was, uh, they, it wasn't too, uh, favored by fans either. It was like, Oh, you know, what's this horn stuff? Like uh, he's, they said that when they played, um, on on that tour in Amsterdam or something like that. every every song from Abacab got booed because they were just so well, used to wanted, the old yeah. the old stuff you know but and especially the horns which they didn't use live you know they didn't bring those those guys yeah, out probably you know, Tony Banks but, probably played it but they people were outraged by it they were like <laughs> what is this you know so it wasn't it wasn't I mean it was critically favored but but a lot of the a lot of people you know didn't like what of they course were the, the, the Genesis you know? purists so, are Prague people right yeah. Uh, Peter Gabriel, you know, that like the people that, you know, at that point, there was what, seven, I think there was seven Genesis albums with Peter Gabriel. And this was only like the, what, the third one or fourth one in with without him. Right. So the, so the, you know, the, the scales were still tilting towards, well, this was still Peter Gabriel's band. And he, you know, most of their catalog was, was that type of music, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you get a, a band that's trying to change directions yeah, there's going to be a segment of fans that are be like, no, you know, I want the that stuff. I, I that's right. what I gravitated toward was the quirkiness and the weirdness and the, you know, the stories and and the the performance. Mm-hmm. And now they're kind of morphing into you know getting away from that the theatrics, and really kind of morphing into more straight ahead like rock performance band where they're on stage performing the songs, not acting out the things, and they're, <laughs> right. you know, not, they're not they're not portraying <laughs> yeah. stuff. You know, they really got away from that pretty quick. 
No costumes. Um, yeah. 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 And, <laughs> right. and so I could, I could understand where there's audience members that are like, no, this is just not, not what I came for. There was right? a whole just, new just dynamic. Like more fans yeah. would be like hearing the old stuff. I don't know what this, this is not like the same thing. This is not what I came for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, exactly. so you're, you're trying to, you're trying to serve two masters at that point, right? You're trying to keep the old fans engaged, but you're trying to also grow a new audience and also be true to the changes you're trying to make here, right? Because yeah. like we said in the beginning, this was a, this was a conscious choice for them to mm-hmm. not continue to do quote unquote Genesis style music. Right. You know, and they were fully aware of what Genesis style music was and said, <laughs> when, we, when we, you know, like I said, when we hear that, we're going to stop because yeah. we want to do something different. They literally forced themselves, not out of desperation, just because they, they were changing. Because they knew, you know, well, they knew yeah, they we had want to. to do something. Yeah, let's, let's, right. we gotta, we gotta, you know, yeah. we're, we're a different band. We're not the same band. Most they, of the band was gone by that point of, of, of what was, what, Ge- what Genesis was. But the thing you of know, it was too, was like nobody forced them to do it. Their management didn't tell them, hey, you need to do this, 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 and this, which, you know, was probably true of other bands of the day. Um, but no, they, they, you know, they fully went into it themselves and said, made those decisions on their own. And that's, that, that's commendable. That is, you know, that's not, that's not easy to do, um, to make those choices. And, uh, you know, I always got I always, you know, they were always the most successful, I think at it, you know, at, at, from the Prague era you mm-hmm. know, to do this, you know, and to have just a whole new career. I mean, in the eighties, they just took off with this, with the pop stuff and, and whether we like it or not. And, um, it didn't matter because they were, you know, invisible touch was their, was their the I mean, biggest, like, you know, their biggest hit. Yeah. You know, and they, they, you know, they, they're very proud of that effort. I, I'm not crazy about the album myself, but Hey, you know, yeah. like I said, they cultivated a whole new <laughs> audience with that. Record. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They, they absolutely did. You know, it's funny. This album has nine songs on it. And I kind of, when I was listening to it today, I, I kind of got, I, I picked out like a little thing here, you know, it almost seems like they're in, they're almost in, in pieces of three, mm-hmm. you know, like the first three are kind of the more poppy, poppy stuff. The next three are kind of like the really proggy stuff. And then the last three are kind of like the little more the mellower stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because once you get, you know, once you get past, you know, no reply at all, me and Sarah Jane, um, you get into keep it dark, which is, oh, my God, you know, uh, I love I just love the, you know, that's got that repeating riff. It's one of those songs. It's just got the repeating riff. And yeah, it, it's a story. It, it, it is a story. Uh, so it is a little more proggy. Yeah. Um, it's It's a little more quirky. And then, and then it leads into Dodo slash Lurker, and yeah, you're that you're the side when you start side two, you're into Prague, you're into Prague territory. Yeah, that but, thing is just, but it you know, is great. It, it really I, is. I love it. You know, it really is. Um, it is. And- it's epic. It's uh, it's bombastic. Uh, <laughs> they they really go for it, but I think it's but, absurd. They, it's ridiculous. It, yeah, and, but, it's but they great. hit it. Yeah, but it's they great. hit it. You know, yeah. uh, it's like. I could almost, and, and as I was listening to this album, a lot of times, let me ask you, mm-hmm. um, I was almost imagining, I was like, I could, I could almost picture Peter Gabriel singing these songs. They weren't that far out from something that he might be singing at the time as well. You know, obviously no reply at all. No, but, but some of this stuff like Dodo Lurker and, and, and keep it dark. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I was kind of like, you know what? I could almost hear Gabriel singing this kind of stuff. It was um, still, it still had those fl- you know, that those tinges of that. I think total um, lurker for of, sure. Maybe, maybe because yeah. of the way Phil Collins was singing his voice, because he wasn't singing it like "Man on the Corner" and Susudio. He still had that bite 
and that growl in, in his voice, he was still kind of in, inhabiting the songs in a different way. And it made me think, I was like, wow, you know, this would have been interesting. To, this album would have been interesting to hear Gabriel tackle. Yeah, I, I you know. Because it's got I, some, I, some meat on its bones, this album. I, I, I do. I, I, I definitely see Dodo Lurker. I don't know about some of the other stuff. Um, but then again, you know, when you look at an album like So, like we just yeah. talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of pop sense of that yeah. record. And yeah, you, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, it could, it, he could, he definitely could do yeah. most of the songs on the record. Yeah. You know, only because of, uh, again, it was Phil Collins <clears throat> vocal performance. That was really just kind of, yeah. he didn't sound like Gabriel, but he was, again, he was, he was doing those different things. Well, with he was doing those inflections on yeah. Total Worker. He has that weird, like, you know, but, you know, like he changes the tone of his voice. It goes yeah. down an octave and then, yeah, and then he would then he would sing, you know. he would sing yeah he would sing a, a line really low, yeah. and then he would sing the the, the next line regular. So he was he like really yeah. you know that was re- those were really performance songs. You they know were, they and were I telling a story there. Yeah, yeah. and what I, the story and I really, is I have no clue because <laughs> again it's just absurd. Yeah. It's just nonsensical. Fishy, fishy got a hook in his mouth. Fishy got problems. Yeah, right? you know when and I first heard the story, I, back in the water, I thought so. for sure they mentioned they say Darth Vader and his dog yeah. Vader. <laughs> You know, Darth Vader, you know, agitator. agitator. Uh, I thought it, I thought it, I thought it's even worse. Like dog Vader. What the fuck is that? You know, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, it, but it's great. It's, it's oh. just great. And it, and it shows the humor too. It, there's a little bit of the tongue in cheek, you know, especially with Phil, because he, you know, he brought that to the stage too. Yeah. It's like he, he knew how to like project that out. You know what I mean? To do that stuff without having to wear makeup or, or costumes or anything like that. He was definitely, it was like a show, almost a show tune in a sense, like, because it was just so. Yeah. He had those sensibilities. Yeah. He he had a very comfortable, even though he was the drummer and then became the lead singer, he had a very comfortable stage presence. He wasn't, he didn't shy away from it. You know, he didn't have to really, it didn't even seem like he had to grow into it. It seems like he was, you know. He was already built for it, just waiting for the opportunity. There's some, there's definitely a lot of Beatles presence, you know, in the, in that, in in that sort of like again, you know, you think of the that period of the Beatles when they were just writing songs because they're on drugs, and yeah, and I guess that's what they were going for is this, this that kind of flavor just to just to be able to write a song like that and just throw it out there and just be and and absolutely mean nothing, and they knew it, and they're not afraid to admit that, even like like who done it. Now, I, this is probably. <laughs> I, I was going to get there, but you did it first. So no, wait a minute. Now you, <laughs> when we saw them live, you, you love that. So this is probably, probably, the, you know, folks, this is probably like the worst song they ever did. It is. It is so bad. It is, the, it is horrible. It, but it's so, but it's at the same time, it's, it's just, it's funny as hell, you know, cause they, they knew what they were doing. They, you know, Tony Banks is like, yeah, I came up with this weird, like, yeah. you know, like thing. And Phil wrote these like stupid lyrics to it. And it just, it's the most grating. It is the annoying. most like annoying song probably ever written. Yeah. And it's just, you know, like, I, I, the, I have, I have was, three, three things to say about it. And, and tell, me, tell me if you agree. Right. Three, three yeah. things to say about who done it. Yes. Number one, we agree. It is a horrible song and, <laughs> yeah. and probably on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I think it's the equivalent to mother from synchronicity. Yeah. By the police. Right. It's the same yeah. type of thing. It's like, what is this song doing in the middle of this album? Mother. Right. It's, you know, Andy Summers is screeching and screaming and it's <laughs> the swirly thing. And it, it's like, right. It's like the same type of thing. It's like, why? Yeah. There's number one. Number two. 
they put this in instead of paper late. Yeah. Or like, you might recall. Really? Yeah. Like, really? Like paper late? Like you, you, you put this song in instead of paper late. You're like at this point, it's like, what? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go with it. We're going to go with it. Um, thir- the third thing that came to me to again, and I listened to, you know, like so much came to me listening to this album. I, I think it's a palate cleanser for the final three songs. Because who done it? This song, who done it, is so busy, and it's mm-hmm. so like grating on your nerves mm-hmm. that when it ends and "Man on the Corner" starts, it is such a silent yeah. song. I love it. You know, and and I, I think it. I think the the noise wall of who done it as soon as the noise wall because it is a loud song. As soon as it ends, mm-hmm. you're 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 actually bathed in silence, and then "Man on the Corner" starts very feebly. Yeah. You know, and I think it's almost like a palate cleanser, almost like because the last three songs are kind of a little more mellower, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's almost like a and that's why I say it's the album's almost like in three parts. You know, you've got the the, yeah. the, the poppy stuff, the proggy stuff, and then at the end is kind of like the album closing stuff where it's a little more sedate. You know, it's yeah. not bombastic, you know, it really kind of it kind of it's almost like a gentle landing. And it hit me when I was listening to the album, uh, you know, on the vinyl. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, please, like I, you know, I, I don't want to get up. But then when it ended and then Man on the Corner just gently started, I'm like, wow, it's very cool. Like all of a sudden it was very quiet. Yeah. In, in it gets the area serious. I was listen- yeah. Like in the yeah. area I was listening to, it got very quiet. Yeah. And I don't know if that was their their intention was to really like grate on your nerves, but then give you something so subtle afterwards that you really can enjoy the silence of the song. Yeah. I think and that, I, you know. I, I absolutely yeah. love Man on the Corner. Yeah. It, and, and, I, I might even go as far as to say, and you're going to probably, you're going to be shocked to hear me say it, but I think I like it better than in the air tonight. I, 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 th- I think so. Um, maybe it's because it, in it's the air tonight is so it's definitely a cousin. It, they, they share some it, of the same It DNA. has the same, yeah. same feel. It's the yeah, same, same approach, yeah. but, um, but when he gets going and the drums kick in, you know, and it's not the, you know, the famous Phil, uh, see what I did there? Uh, you know, drum fill. <laughs> I was um, gonna, I was gonna do that earlier, and I, and I didn't. And I said, I, the, the the bus left, so I'm like, I'm not gonna go back. So I'm glad, I'm glad you you caught. I'm glad you caught the next stop. Um, but when it's just that simple, like crack of of the snare, yeah. and it just impacts man. And then the, the the vocal on top of that, it there and this and that's it. That's the song. There's really no. Mike is, you hear this like sort of guitar, but I think it, it's like looped backwards. Some, I think I, I could swear. Yeah, that, just a you know, weird like, the wah, 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 and, and the weird key, keyboard, like squishy. The keyboard like, is wah, just wah, wah, so, wah, 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 yeah, that wah. isolated keyboard yeah. is what sets the mood. And it yeah. just, it's so simple, but yet so, so great. Uh, man, yeah. that might be, that could be one of my favorites off the, off the album yeah. for now. Like back then might not, maybe, you know, no, but. I, I think back I then it, it was now, very popular. Like, I, I remember you know, hearing "Man on the Corner" on like classic rock. Yeah, at, at the time, like from this album, I remember like "Man on the Corner" was like the thing that like WNEW from you know local rock radio station yeah. in the New York area played. Mm-hmm. I don't re- maybe no reply at all. I don't really remember hearing "Abacab" as as no. a song on the radio, but that was the one that hit hit the highest, and "Man on the Corner" did did the poorest. Yeah, um, but I remember that song was just like yeah. Was was the one that you heard, like like you know those deeper cuts that we always talk about, and, mm-hmm. and then yeah, the album kind of kind of ends out ends ends on that similar type of, uh, you know, similar type of note, you know, like it or not, and another record are just kind of 
they kind of bring you back down from the experience, you know, and, and yeah. Um, but they're not, but they're, but they're good songs. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, another record I love, I always love yeah. that one. I love the way it, you know, closes the album out and, you know, it's not very favored by fans. It's like, Oh, you know, that one's a dud. I, I don't agree at no. all. I just love the, you know, put, put, the put done it against anything. And, and just, <laughs> just, well, you know, who told them to put it on there was Ahmed Erdogan. Of, of well, okay, he wanted it as a single. Uh, who yeah, he, it, right? he he he's like, no, put that on there. You got to, you guys got to put that on because they were oh. just so like into it. Like, because it was, they knew it was so bad that they just. He's like, no, you definitely need to leave it on there. But I was yeah. like, oh, but not to have you might recall or yeah any of the or three or, or, or paper off. laid me and Virgil. I mean, you know, those songs are great too. You know, and, and certainly no B sides in my opinion. They, yeah. they, it's uh, <clears throat> it's. It's a sin that they're not they're not on the record. It would have made yeah, the and, album and, that much better. <clears throat> and yeah, and it's funny because I was also thinking about um, the, w- w- when I was thinking when I was when I was fuming in my mind about why Paperly wasn't on this album, why Who Done It was. You know, I began to think, and, and and we've been talking recently about how oh, you know, music today isn't so great, or or what you know what's what's going on with music, da da da. And I think one of the things you know it came to me. I don't know. I don't know. You know. Tell me if you agree, but because because of the limitations of the format at the time, right? The main mm-hmm. format was vinyl. Yeah, you couldn't. Ha- you know, nowadays you can put out stuff digitally, or or when CDs came out, you had a lot more storage space, right? A lot more space, so people would put out albums with fifteen songs on it, right? Or nowadays, since it's digital, there are no restrictions. But back when vinyl was the was the prevailing format, and cassettes matched it. You only had a certain amount of time. Yeah. So you had to choose your best <clears throat> stuff. You had to be really judicious about what you were going to put on this album. Because you only mm-hmm. had to, you couldn't just say, oh, well, I, you know, we've got 10 good songs, but we want to release 15 because we've got room on the CD. Yeah. You know, and, and it made me think a little bit. I was, you know, did, did artists have to have more discipline with either what they were creating or what you know what they were creating but then what they were selecting to 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 put on there do you do you agree do you does that make sense is that does what i'm saying make sense to you like how i'm explaining no i i I think there is something to that um you know there's that you always hear artists say oh it was such a it was so torturous to you know let that song go when we Uh wanted it on there so badly but but it's all about the sequencing too, right? I mean, you you know, like like you pointed out. I mean, you know, you know, who done it is, is horrible, but it it does serve a purpose, you know, especially on that side to make you love the rest of the album when you're dealing with that proggy like Dodo Lurker, and then yeah. then the that follows that up, right? And it's like right in the middle, and then like the album closes with these you know these nice you know little little ditties, but it's just, um, you know. There is a there. Um, I I'm into this guitarist Derek Trucks lately, and he he um, lately they, lately lately <laughs> like what not since last week? Well, no, since probably 2006. And okay, yeah, I don't think that quali- fa- I don't think that qualifies as lately. <laughs> but he, I think he said it. He he said it best when he said that their new project is an is a four part album. Uh, they because over the pandemic they recorded like 24 songs and they. And to to sit there and listen to all of that in one sitting, it's just impossible. It's yeah. two hours worth of music that you had to. So they they decided to release them, you know, a month apart mm-hmm. and little. And they said, 
he cited like albums like Axis Bold as Love by Jimi Hendrix as like mm-hmm. it was only like 38 minutes long. And he's like, this is the way to digest an album. And I think he's right. I think, the, you know, the the single albums, the nine song albums, like you know, like we pointed out, you know, New World Record, this album, you know, it's like, yeah, this is the way to really dig into this stuff, you know, and if there are extra tracks that you can find, you got that as well, you know, so yeah. you can you can go ahead and, and, and yeah, I think it challenges well. you. I, I think you, you right. become challenged yeah. as an artist, <clears throat> except in the case of like we just did our episode about Chicago, who just released four double albums in a row. And they just did the hell with it. Yeah. <laughs> <We're just> gonna, <laughs> we, we don't care. Re- restrictions, you know, roads where we're no. going, there are no roads. It's like <laughs> we, we're just going to put out double albums for the first four till we till we run the tap dry right. and then we'll then we'll right. consider yeah. um th- they're the exception not the rule yeah um i have another question for you and i thought about this one yep uh while i was washing my dishes today <laughs> i was like i've, I've got a question what's with this domestic stuff <laughs> <laughs> okay so while i was washing dishes today this this question came to mind mm-hmm. is dawn better than palm olive no that's not the question <laughs> <laughs> I had to answer. I, I'm going to go with Dawn. I'm going to go with it's always me. Well. You're soaking in it. That's Paul yeah. Olive. Um, here's the question I, I came up with. Is Prague a sustainable long-term genre for a group? Um, because, because this is the second episode we've done about a Prague group that said we need to shorten our songs. We need to embrace a more pop-centric sound. And mm-hmm. then you mentioned, and we've mentioned in previous episodes, yes, who did the same, yeah. took the same type of roadmap to, to lesser, to lesser success. Right. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to slam Prague or drag Prague, but it just seems like these, these bands just kind of almost are, are like, okay, we've done it. Um, you know, and there are obviously there, are, there are, are exceptions to the rule. King Crimson. Uh, mm-hmm. Jethro Tull, I'm sure ELP, but they didn't really continue on past, you know, they, no. they didn't have a long shelf life anyway. Um, but, but it seems like a lot of the bigger prog bands at some, at some point start to pivot. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. And it's the knowing how to do it, I guess is the, is the, you know, because I think in the case of yes, now they're back to that sort of like, back into their own little corner may still making albums that I have no idea. Like there's so much, there's so many albums out that I've never heard. And I, you know, I, I did choose to listen to a few tracks and they just, they don't do it for me. It's just not the, quite the same, you know, it's a, they're just, all right, hang it up guys. I mean, I don't know what, what you're, what you're wow. going for here, but they're, they're not looking for, no, they're not. I mean, they have an audience. They, they still have that, that, that solid, you know, fan base, but yes. they're, I don't think that they're, you know, they don't really have nothing left, anything left to prove in, in that mm-hmm. sense. They're just continuing to make music, which is great. And it, I think we talked about this in Ozzy. Uh, we just did Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. So we, um, it's yeah, so the viability or the legacy it's, bands. It's, you're, is, you're, is, is you're like, I, I think like our friend Andy pointed out, he's like, you know, you're, you're gratified that these artists are still making music, but we don't necessarily have to like it to say, Hey, you know, good for you guys. You know, like, I'm glad you guys are in still in the game, so to speak, but yeah, to like, be on their side, but to, but to be fair, I mean, there were bands like, like Marillion, look at Marillion. They came out, they, they pretty much started in the late seventies and they were, they were really, they hit it really big in the eighties, but they were like, they were Genesis, but Genesis of the seventies yeah, period. They, they picked up, they picked up where 
you know, wind and weathering left off or, or if you, the album yeah, if that, you right? listen to their stuff, man, he, he, that, that guy sounds just yeah. like Gabriel. Yeah, he did. Like the fish, like way fish. That's back, the lead way singer, back, like, not the yeah. group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not, no, and they, were, and they were, and they were writing songs and doing stuff in musically that, that they, they did back then, but somehow the songs were sh- still short. They were uh-huh. still much more, you know, streamlined and, 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 you know, three, four minute songs and they, but they did it. They were successful at it. So, you know, there are bands out there that know how to do that, but they're, they're not huge. You know, they're not really selling a lot of records and such. So, so there is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Who is out selling there a lot just, of records you know, these days anyway, though. I mean, right. I mean, true. You yeah. Know, what, what genres, you know, who knows, you know, yeah. is, is prog even, even a genre, you know, is it, you know, well, I mean, it's, it's outside I think it's, of the legacy bands, you know, well, there's so many now. There's so many variations of it too. You got metal prog. You got you know some of these other. I, I would say that you know bands like Tool, and bands like even Nine Inch Nails to a certain mm-hmm. extent. I think are they, there's some prog in that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not just metal. I think yeah. there's there's a lot more going on there than just you know thrash metal or yeah. you know that kind of stuff. But and even Ghost. You know we talked about Ghost. Yep. Uh, metal I, prog. There's, def- there's definitely some of that in there as well. That that those theatrics. Those you know. You know, that's what I'm thinking of when I see this guy on stage with the black makeup and the mask. I'm thinking of Gabriel. I'm not thinking yeah. of like metal. You know, I'm thinking of what Peter Gabriel yeah, the perform- was doing. Absolutely. The performance yeah. aspect that Gabriel brought. Right. He was yeah. inhabiting those characters and changing. That's right. Although, yep. although in Ghost, the guy keeps the makeup on for one thing. Gabriel would inhabit different characters throughout the show. That's right. Right. Come out with costumes. the red dress and the fox, <laughs> fox hat and the you know, fox mask and, then, well, and they, then be something else, you know. It was the brilliance of having a, the advent of having a 20-minute, like, like long extended, you yeah, know, go, instrumental go, piece. He can go, go to the bathroom, <laughs> call his wife and change. <laughs> And play a game out in the dress and the fox head. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. So, so what? What do you got for top tracks here? Obviously, one of the corners is number one. Um, And all these, all these songs. The great thing about this album, all these songs were co-written by all the members of the band, except for three. And each one, and the three was written by one each one one member each. So that's kind of a neat thing. Again, about Genesis is that they still, you know, really tried to keep it together. And, you know, have it have it still be very democratic, you know, mm-hmm. which I kind of I, I really liked that they were able to retain that and and um, kind of not that they needed to keep Phil Collins in check, but that it was they they still kept that aesthetic of, OK, we're going to go in as a group we're, and they didn't tend to even even on the subsequent albums didn't tend to bring stuff in. And I'm gonna, let's, let's get together. Let's work stuff right. up and see what happens. And, and I'm going to argue this, this point. And I think I probably mentioned it before, but it, you know, it was a very, dem, you know, a band decision. This was, you know, Phil did not take over this band. I, I, I may, I, I'm going to say that, you know, it's like people can't tell the difference. Some, a lot of people are like, Oh, the solo work and that. No, it's still Tony and Mike still had a very big, you know, in fact that they, and they were more of the leaders of the band than Phil. I mean, Phil was just becoming a songwriter at this point. So yeah, mm-hmm. they gave him, they, you know, said, okay, so what do you got? You know, let's see what you, you know, with Duke, he, you know, there was a couple of misunderstanding and then please don't ask. That's kind of got him on his way. Mm-hmm. He swears up and down that he showed Tony Banks in the air tonight. Tony Banks said, no, you never did. Cause if we would have used it, <laughs> had you done it. Oh, so I think man, Phil. Man on the Corner is probably that response, maybe, yeah. you know, whatever. But, but Phil wrote that song. You know, this is his song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony wrote um, Me, Me and Sarah, Sarah Jane. Jane. And then Mike was uh, Like It or Not. 
Yeah. Was, you know, cause it has that rolling guitar in it, you know, so you could definitely tell that's a Mike Rutherford and it almost, you know, you could always tell, yeah, this is what he's going to be doing with Mike and the mechanics down yeah. the road. I could tell that that's sort of, you know, um, but, um, what was I going to say? Favorite tracks after man on the corner. Oh, man in the corner. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Keep it dark. I no yeah. reply at all. What okay. I especially like about that one is the bridge. Uh-huh. You know, where it slows down and Phil is yeah. like really, you know, and it's and and that lyric right there is a really great lyric. It ha- it actually is say something. You know, there is some, you know, and I think he, he I think yeah, he did write that lyric. Um, but um but yeah, I love I love that. Those three songs. And then and then of course, you might recall is probably m- one of my favorite songs by them. Doesn't period. count. It doesn't count, doesn't but count. damn it, <laughs> it's you know, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to be on this album so much because I just shoulda. love the yep. song so much and it just, woulda, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but, but there it is. Yeah. But I love, I, I mean, I love the whole album. Yeah. Even, no, it, is, even, it is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, keep it dark. It's actually about an alien abduction, right? Family man <laughs> reported missing. It is. It's about a yeah. guy that kind of. Right. Uh, gets abducted um, and doesn't not sure if he should tell people about it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of oddly enough, I'm I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to surprise Eric. It's it's the proggy stuff that I kind of like is is Abacab, Dodo Lurker, and and Keep It Dark are the stuff that really like really punchy. Uh, those hooks moving are great, stuff yeah. too. It, it it doesn't overstay its welcome. Even though some of the songs are, even though Dodo Lurker is is longer, it's just got a grand scale to it, and it's just such an yeah. interesting song. That it keeps it keeps you in there and and yeah so so that's you know mission accomplished with this like they really kind of wanted to do something different but not totally different it's not like all of a sudden have banjos and mandolins um <laughs> yeah it's, it's like we're, we're gonna do stuff we just want to be conscious about what we're not going to sound like you know it does we don't right. know what we want to sound like we just don't know we we just know what we don't want to sound like which is an op- yeah. which is an opposite thing. Usually, artists are going for a particular. Oh, I want to sound like when we did "Born to Run." It's like, oh, this is going to be Roy Orbison meets Bob Dylan, you know, uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This is Genesis is 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 adding by subtracting and saying, well, we know we don't want to sound like this. So anytime we do, we're going to exit, right? You know, exit out, and then whatever we get, we get, which is very, very kind of an interesting way to make an album. And it would was you, very would- and, and yeah, you get something that makes no sense a, a lot of times, but it doesn't need to because the musical ideas that are there are just so tangible and, and the vocal performances yeah. are really what like, you know, I, I, I think it's probably his best vocal sounding Genesis album. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cause, cause after yeah. this, they got into, you know, illegal alien, which has not aged well on their follow-up no. album. It has not, <laughs> uh, you know, that's all, which was, was, you know, light FM radio for, ready for light FM. You know, they had, you know, home by the sea and second home by the sea. So there's still, still some prog stuff on, on, on the self-titled Genesis album. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. on, on this album, he's still, you know, he's got one foot in, in his solo career, figuring that out. And he's still got a foot in Genesis and you're yeah. getting the best of both worlds on it. I think, you know, I think, you know, I kind of look upon album. this. Yeah, I kind of look upon this album almost like an experiment, in a sense. But it's it's a little bit. It's it's not. You know, it is more a little bit more than that. It is a solid record. There are songs, established songs on this album. But I kind of, kind of, you know, it kind of reminds me of Revolver in that sense. It's it just it's it's a band that is like trying something new, and, and right down to the sound of the album. You know, just the the. It, this is an album that does not. You know, it didn't sound anything like what they previously did. Even Duke had uh, another another producer on it and it still sounded like the old stuff the old way of recording 
it had that, you know, a little bit more raw sound to it. This was like full on like those drums. You can't, oh my God, you can't, I can't understate those drums, the sound of those drums on this record. It's what makes the record. Yeah, and it, and it, like weren't the overblown, it wasn't the overblown stuff like you'd get in yeah. I Don't Care Anymore, which would like his Hello, I Must Be Going would be yeah. right on top of this. Again, I love that. I love that for what it is, but you don't need it in every song. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it's, yeah, his, his, his drum work is just used at, to the right, everybody, the musicianship, it's just a full on package, just really well put together music. Yeah. Um, and, and the fun thing is, is when you listen on Spotify, you can, you can look at the lyrics and you can kind of see they're kind of those proggy story <laughs> lyrics and yeah, like some of it doesn't make sense. And what is this about? And, mm-hmm. you know, ask the fly on the wall. Okay. I'm not sure what I'm asking him, but I'll ask the fly on the wall. Um, but but it, again, it's about the it's more it's more performance pieces, yeah. um, that are really well constructed and and really fun to listen to, uh, and a little bit of that bomb, not too much of the bombast. So it's not going to be like oh I don't want to, you know I don't like yeah. the foggy stuff. It's it, there's enough there to kind of keep you and it doesn't overstay its welcome. So that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's it's easy to listen to. It's very it's a very sim- simple album, sounding album, but yet it's so great. Yeah, and just, lots, just lots the of sound choice. of it alone is what is what I love about it. You know, the production on it is just great. And and so, for anybody, yeah. as, as we close out, we're gonna we're gonna ask we're gonna make one sadistic request. Is that when you do listen to it, do not skip Who Done It. Which <laughs> yeah. you need to you need to actually listen to that song to get past it. Yeah, to really enjoy the next three songs that come. So we, we really dragged it and said, what a heart. And it is really, it's not it's, a great it's a song. song. It's not, a, but it's, know, it's, I, I think it's their, it's their response yeah. to punk. Yeah. It's not unlike what, you know, well, we're going to bring it up, get ready to get the bell ready. But it's not unlike what Lindsay was doing on Tusk, Boo. you know, you know, just not full on punk. It wasn't, you know, recreating the punk sound, but there was I, their idea of punk. Yeah. Very, it's av- it's very it. avant-garde as well. Right. It's, it's just, just so just strange. Grating, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> And the drums on it, the drums on it, it's just like when, and especially the way it closes out, like, you know, it's just like he's hitting a kettle drum or something. It's like crazy. (sighs) And it's that final. (laughs) It's like, thank But I remember though, when we saw them live, you were, you were hysterical laughing when they they performed the song, when he was wearing the frigging goggles and the. The stupid like snorkel like what's I don't even that remember about? I was probably yeah I was probably dying he was standing was on the, he was standing on on top of the the amps I, I don't he, remember I mean I remember wearing, in concert I don't remember that part but yeah he was wearing the the, the he was wearing goggles with like a snorkel thing and was, <laughs> I think he was wearing fins if I'm not mistaken and I have no clue what that now. meant you know <laughs> but the song was so ridiculous but we you know, yeah. we, we loved it though it was just yeah. hilarious it was part of the show. Yeah, yeah. So, see, yeah, it's like, why are yeah. they doing this? And I, I probably was <laughs> facetiously laughing hysterically, like, oh my right. god, I can't believe they're doing this. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. Let us know that was my hot take about prog music. Uh, is it long term sustainability? Let us know. Give leave a comment uh, on Facebook or Instagram, uh, and and tell us how you feel about it. But uh, by all means, check out Abacab. This is such a such a great album in in an era the eighties before the. You know, before that second British invasion came and, and the sound of music really changed, um, these guys were were really on a path, really at this point, trying to carve out their own identity. Mm-hmm. And and then the superstardom was was on the horizon. They just didn't know it yet. For this this was still a band feeling their way out uh, and figuring out what the future held for them. So by all means, check out Abacab from Genesis. It's such a great album. And that's going to do it for this episode of the 3324 Podcast. 
Like I said in the beginning, here's our second ad. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, won't you, at 3324 Podcast. And then also on YouTube, we've got the new videos or or the old new versions of old videos, or new uploads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out those old ones as well and see us make really stupid and geeky faces while we, uh, while we talk about music <laughs> movies that we love. So for Eric, this has been Dean, and we will see you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 